Welcome to Girl, Get a Real Job, a podcast series by Women of the Wick, a platform amplifying the visibility, voices and work of women, trans and non-binary creatives. I'm your host, Sara Karpanen, a multimedia artist, writer and the founder of Women of the Wick. Girl, Get a Real Job is a space where we normalize money and business talk as artists and creative practitioners. To continue the conversation, please find us on social media at Women of the Week and Girl Get a Real Job. Now, let's start talking about the real worth of our creative work. Welcome to Girl Get a Real Job podcast by Women of the Week. I'm your host, Sara Garbanen, and I am here today with full-time rock-based illustrator and musician Daisy Tortuga to talk about all things rocks and music and the highs and lows of being a creative entrepreneur today. I'm super excited about today's session and to be with you here today. <clears throat> Please introduce yourself to our listeners and yeah, how are you doing today anyway? <laughs> Hi, um, yeah, it's nice to do this. Very exciting. Um, I'm doing good, thanks. Great. <laughs> um, so we are sitting at your home in Hackney. You've lived in the area for quite many years now, for three years? Three years, yeah. How has the journey been for you? I mean, <clears throat> we had a quick chat yesterday and it's what I understood is that it's been quite an impactful time for you to even just move to the area. Mm. Can you tell us something um, about the journey? So I moved to Hackney Wick kind of on like a bit of a whim like I I moved to um a warehouse in Blackgate um and I'd, I'd been to parties there but I didn't know anyone and I just had finished my second year of uni and I just was looking for somewhere to live so I just moved in like for one month and then I stayed for a whole summer because I just thought it was great um and like I'd never played music before as well so I kind of started playing guitar and just found that already fun and like I don't know it just it it was just a really amazing place to live like at that time as well and I was supposed to move to Hamburg um to do my do another year of my degree but Uh, I actually just cancelled it like the day before I was supposed to go. No way. <laughs> Because, but I I moved out of the warehouse and moved back to my parents' house, and the, the night before I was supposed to leave, I just thought I just don't want to go. No way. I, yeah, I was like, no part of me wants to go and go to uni in Hamburg. So, I just said to my mum like, can I I'm not, not go? go. <laughs> She was like, you don't have to go. And I was like, great. So I moved back to the warehouse and lived there for another year. Um. And I don't know how many years ago that was. That was two years ago. So mm-hmm. I lived there like about three years. Did you ever regret that decision? No. It was just like, I'm not going to go. I yeah. Know. It was kind of, it felt kind of embarrassing coming back, like in a small way, because everyone was like, bye, see you in a <laughs> Did year. Did you have like a leaving party already? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, because it was like my birthday and then I left. And then I just called someone else, like, I'm going to come back. <laughs> But that's so courageous. I mean, how did you trust yourself to do that? I don't know. I just I just knew it wasn't right. Mm. I kind of, I only admit it wasn't right the night before, basically. I mean, the over the last, the, the few weeks before, people would say, oh, that's so exciting, moving. And I would just say, yeah, is it? <laughs> maybe, maybe it will be when I go. And then I just felt that it was wrong. So I didn't do it. 
Wow. So what happened then during that year? You immersed yourself in music and mm. doing all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, I I luckily just had loads of help from the people that I had moved in with. Like some people there were doing like set set design, prop making, uh, set dressing. And I kind of just jumped into doing that for a bit. Um which is really exciting and like I kind of already had like skills that suited it like I can sew and like just do it do things with my hands basically um so that suited me for a while um I did all sorts of jobs I like worked in a biscuit factory icing biscuits for like a while worked at like market stores never did like I did the biscuit thing I did like full time for a few months but I kind of just dipped in and out of loads of things um, before I went back to uni and then I did my last year while living in Hackneywick, commuting to Kingston, which was a long commute. Wow. It's like, it was like four hours, but I didn't, well, round trip four hours. So you took like a gap year. Pretty much, yeah. In Hackneywick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's it very dreamy, I mean. It was funny because like some of my, like my closest friends, they like they were going to Berlin, France, I was going to Hamburg and then I just had to say, yeah, I'm not going to go. And then they all went and um and they were just like you literally just made the right decision like mm. because like now they live in that warehouse and like I like had close relationship with all like their close friends now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really nice. And I don't even live there anymore and they can carry that on. Do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, it makes Which sense. I really like. Yeah. And when did you then discover rock making? I mean, that is what you are mostly known mm. for, probably at least on, on the space of Instagram and the mm. internet. Um, I started doing it in my, just, just before lockdown last year. Because um, a girl in my, this was when I was at Kingston, but living in Hattiewake. Um, a girl had I was making a rug by hand because I I just do a lot have always done loads of textiles things like just all kinds of sewing and I wanted to make a rug for this final project um and yeah as I said a girl in my class had a tufting gun and I'd I'd seen them a tiny bit but I think as a tool they can be they look a bit daunting because Mm. like they're quite expensive. I mean, they're like 150 pounds. And they're big. They're quite big. They, if you've never used one, I think for me, I was, I wouldn't have just bought one. And you need like a frame and like, I don't know. It, it seemed like a lot for me to just start doing it. So I never did it. And then she just had it all set up and she was just like, if you want to use it on the weekends, then you can. Cause like she used it all week. And then she taught me how to use the gun at uni. And then I would take it home on the weekend and, like, erratically make rugs because I wanted to make them, like, loads, Mm. like, for my final things, but Mm. I could only do it, like, two days a week. Mm. So that was kind of a funny time. But after... So lockdown happened and she obviously took her gun back, (laughs) her tufting gun back. I made this mistake where I talk about guns all the time, (laughs) like, in the street. I'm like, I got a new gun. And then people are looking at me and I'm like, oh God, Don't need to be sensitive. Acro- yeah, I come about... across like the typical gun, gun holder. holder. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I had to give it back. Mm. So I just bought my own one. And it, lockdown 
just gave you loads of time. So. so you started your business like straight from uni or whilst you were still... Kind of whilst I was at uni. While you were still, yeah, finishing your degree. Yeah, it didn't really feel like I was starting a business. I just... Um, uh, I had a tutor at uni. He wasn't really a tutor. He was like a guest person. He came in once and he did like a tutorial with me. And he was... He saw my rugs and he was just like, oh, can I buy one? And I was just... Like, yeah, your tutor wanted to buy your rug, yeah, yeah, and I <laughs> that's probably the best compliment you can get, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was like, he, he, I didn't know how much to price it for, really. And he said, I said, can you buy it for the price of a tufting gun? And he said, yeah, so mm. I could buy it, I could buy my own one with the money that I got from the sale. So he kind of started, started all of those things, and yeah, as I said, I didn't really think of it as a business I just like liked doing it and just some people started to buy them and then mm. just thought this this is really cool. <laughs> cool well yeah definitely what about today what does your typical day look like um <laughs> uh like my routine yeah like when you wake up and then yeah what do you do So I live on my own with my kitten, Pinky. Which is very cute and who's here with us. He's here. <laughs> um, and I kind of, I'm a really early riser. I wake up about half six. No way. Morning. Yeah. He wakes me up, but I'm, I'm always an early riser. I, go, I literally fall asleep at about 10 every night. So get up early and I kind of, I'm quite a fast worker when I do basically everything. I don't know why, I just... I'm fast at doing stuff. Mm. Um, so I kind of like have, I'm not really a rush around in the morning. I just like sit, listen to music, drink tea for till about 10. And then go to my studio, which is um, just up the road. Um, and it's like a group shared studio. So that's quite nice to like living alone and also being around other people. 100%. So it's at the <clears throat> Hackneywick Arts Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just upstairs. There's, it's, it's actually a really good place for me as well because there's loads of like woodworkers and metal workers mm -hmm. because when I was looking for a studio a while ago, I was like going to share it with like a painter and that I just realised at some point that really wouldn't work because it is, it is noisy and I couldn't even do it here, I don't think, because the noise. and So basically that place is perfect. Why is it so noisy? <clears throat> What makes the noise? The gun? Just the gun, yeah. It's just it's just a loud machine. Oh. Like, it's it's louder than a sewing machine. Do you need a lot of space to to do it? Mm, to do the rugs? Not a lot of space. Okay. You could you could do it in a bedroom. Hmm. Um, just depends how big you wanted your frame to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I go to my studio. Um, work. I work on commissions. I do just designs for commissions. Like, I'm normally in contact with, like, one or two people at, one, at, at once. Um, discussing an idea and then ordering things. Uh, I mean, my favourite part is just, like, making the rug. <laughs> so, yeah, I do that. Come home for lunch, feed the cat, <laughs> go back to work. Um, and then try and not feel crazy lockdown feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a website? Yeah. 
Yeah, and have you set all those things <clears throat> by yourself, or mm. did you have a help from someone? No. And did you do like mm, any of this more kind of conventional marketing work, or or before you started of like who my idea client is, or did those things just come very natural to you? No, not at all. Uh, no, I think it's it's kind of. I feel like I'm placed in kind of a weird spot of being kind of like a fine artist, but also an illustrator who, yeah, I don't, I feel like I like wobble between those things quite a lot. So I think, I I honestly don't know. I mean, I I couldn't tell you who my audience is really, because I think it's always all sorts of people that buy my work or seem interested. Like, I mean, like doing the Nando's job, for example, seems like quite strange for me like I'm a vegetarian I've been a vegetarian <laughs> for like a really long time so when I got got that it was a bit weird and like it was so big um like I had to do a hundred rugs in like five what? weeks hundred rugs mm-hmm. no way yeah it was huge that's crazy and th- how did they reach you they just emailed me um so like with the audience thing there so with the nando's job it was um it was like their christmas present to their like celebrity fans i suppose they like people with black cards you know when they get like free nando's so they they got sent out like a christmas bag and it had a rug that i made that said nando's on it or like had like a chili on it there was like three designs um, that's so <laughs> so I had to make yeah I had to make a hundred in a really short amount of time but it's weird like the payoff with these things like in no way do I regret doing it like mm. I'd do it again mm. but you kind of think sending a hundred rugs to like quite big influential people would maybe create some sort of big audience or something like that and I don't think it really did at all Hmm. because I think the people that received the rugs maybe I mean some of them definitely liked them but you know I think like Stormzy got one and it's like does he like it (laughs) have you asked no I don't I I don't have his contacts you should do it but like you know things like audience is only like as powerful really as if if it's specific I think that's so true. Which I'm kind yeah. of learning sometimes. But but also, yeah, I don't want to sound like I think I shouldn't have done it or something. It's more... I think I can't... when I, If I do, like, kind of commercial things, I I'm just tend to not get too excited yeah. to think, like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Because it, if it's the wrong audience, then it's, it's not going to work anyway. That's super interesting. And do you have quite a big social media following? And I guess it has growing quite rapidly organically what's your relationship with instagram um it grew it's grown steadily and then rapidly at different times um i did a giveaway once which was really good um i think i got like a a thousand followers like a day wow i did that which was really exciting i don't know how many followers i was actually on at that time but i remember it going up really quickly and that was really really exciting um, and I think it's just also to do with the the rise in people like liking rugs and and being like among I feel like I'm like among a group of artists like we have like this small community 
I, I feel, maybe they don't feel like this, but there's like three or four other artists that I talk to that are rug makers, like full-time rug makers. All in London, I think, or in England. Um, and like some, uh, some people are really high and like some of us are all like around the same spot in regards to like followers. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting. Like I do kind of keep an eye on like what people are doing because it, it is, it's a craft, isn't it? It's like, exactly. it's a technique. hundred percent. So it's nice to see, get new ideas, you know, not copy people, realize if you are copying someone accidentally, you know, things like that. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where does your um, ideas come from? Where did they come from? Um, they really just come from, sometimes I get, I mean, I feel like my like whole aesthetic and that my like style has just been the same for a really long time. So like my drawings are, have kind of just always, always looked the same as like what my rugs do. Um, so I think that's just developed, you know, just from practicing art for however long it's been. Um, and I think just the, the subject matters of like food and like kind of like playful characters um, and like colour, like they're all things I don't really think about too much, but like they're all just my interests basically. And do you do like a sketch <clears throat> beforehand and then you go to making the rug? It, do, it does depend. I normally do a sketch um, and then I normally make up the colours as I do it or with these new ones I'm doing, um, they're slightly different. They're, I do that. I, I do those on Photoshop, which I never used to do. I will take photos of myself or of like my room or like my shower or something. And then I put them on Photoshop and then I just trace around them. Um, like with my, like I don't just project the image onto the thing. I project a drawing I've done off the image. Um, and so that's a little bit different because I think I was quite focused for a while on, I've always been like, just do everything freehand. Like, it's not like I don't think projecting and tracing is like a good thing. I think it's, it, I mean, I do it now. It's different for everyone. But when I, when I've normally done things, like if I do drawings, I don't rub them out or like sketch things in like, like a wishy-washy way, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do, like, lines, and then they're, the lines are supposed to be like that. But, so... So it's kind of different, these new rugs. But, yeah, I think I'm quite enjoying doing things a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you also make music. Have you ever thought, like... Have you ever kind of struggled with this notion of like you have to put yourself neatly in one box or this is the kind of artist I am or the creative kind of I am or yeah how do you mm. embrace those different parts of yourself I think I think that's the that's kind of the dangerous thing with doing something like rugs because I kind of I've only done it for a year but like if it, it feels like it's kind of become a, a big thing in my, my practice which is really fun but it's hard to like, um, you don't want to be stuck in a box, basically. Right. But I feel like because my rugs look like my drawings sound like my music, well, they don't sound like my music, but like, 
it's all so related and I think the way I present myself on Instagram is like actually is like who I am mm. you know so like yeah. it's hard to explain it's like mm. the rugs have like me on it like my ginger hair like that's recognisable and then if I like play music like I might put a video of me like playing guitar on Instagram and I think they all have they're all like just so related and so like my goal is just to keep growing as an artist and say in a year's time I don't want to make rugs anymore I love paintings but like people will stick around because they like the way I do stuff they like are interested in the topics or like the way my brain works rather than the craft do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. So I think that's just like my main goal. It's not. Yeah, I mean rugs. I I love making rugs, but it's not just. It's just a craft I enjoy. It's not the whole thing. And like as I said, like a lot of the time, my songs will be very related to. Um, my rugs mm. like they might have like the same they're about the same thing or something. and they're also about you i mean you are the link between all these mm. different things as well and yeah i think that makes sense <laughs> yeah exactly i have this um this kind of like i think it's quite a, um, a recent realization i feel like there is a level of surrendering to uh, a creative path if you want to call it as such or you know because we have to live in uncertainty, mm-hmm. at least to a degree, we don't have the nine to five jobs and the, you know, so everything, it depends of course of a person, whether you are more commission based or you have projects or clients, etc. <clears throat> but um, do you kind of recognize that, that, that you just, you'd have to trust first of all to yourself and to your own ideas. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, for me, it feels like surrendering to something. Because mm-hmm. I know when I talk with, my friends or people just in general who do have, you know, they have plans for the next three years ahead. Like that would freak me out. That kind yeah. of idea. I don't know that at all. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I yesterday talked uh, about this with my partner who was like, yeah, I might get a five-year contract. And I was like, do you want to get a five-year contract? <laughs> no way, what, with work? Yeah. Oh no, that sounds terrifying. I mean, right. unless, you, unless you really, really love it, but. That's that's not something I would do, I don't think. I don't... Yeah, even when I do, like, part-time jobs, I just, just don't want to sign a contract. I yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think there is just... There is a part, part of you that just surrenders to it, but also, like, just just to remember that you're... You're just always in charge of, like, what you're doing. Because a lot of people who make maybe get a really large following on Instagram before doing something like a certain style of drawing and then like they're actually really sick of it they don't want to do it anymore but that's what people like so then they start posting like the things they're liking doing and then they're getting less Mm. likes and then they think oh I just shouldn't do that anymore but and then maybe just keep doing something they don't really like but you know that's not the right thing to do you should you should just have freedom in what you're doing creatively. And if people don't like it, then people don't like it. The new new people will come that do like it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in that way, that's kind of like what we're saying about, like, the contract, like, the path of this one thing. You can stray from it. You just have to be brave, I think. 
mm. if you want to do it mm. and just like intuitively follow what you feel like doing that's such a beautiful advice <laughs> thanks um I think you know there is something about confidence and being courageous to do something that I feel that often women and girls are not necessarily taught um, from a very young age. I mean, we've been complimented how beautiful we are, or you know, but is kind of lacking of that um, recognizing of accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But you seem to embody things quite well. Do you? There might be a difficult, difficult question to answer, <laughs> but. Do you think where does that confidence come from and whether you have any tools to give to others apart from what you just said? <laughs> um, that is a really long pause. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think. No, no, totally I mean, one thing I'm just thinking is like, is like, as, as an artist, I've kind of been thinking about this recently, mm. like, your work is, like, your... Should, for me, feels like my best friend. Like, it's the thing that, no matter what happens in my life, it might... Things might change, but... Even if I fall out of love of, like, making work for a bit, and that happens, and it can be really terrifying because... Uh, because you just think you can't make stuff anymore. Um, but it does come back... And, wait, I've lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, That art is your best friend? Yeah. And I think my point is, like, it's really good to have a relationship with something that is, like, totally yours and you can, like, always control that. And even though, you know, there's pressure to make money from it, there's pressure to post it on Instagram, just forget about that stuff. Think about why the reason you're actually doing it. If you're if you're making something, a product, just to sell, I feel like sometimes that can kind of. If you're trying to think of something original. Too much, I think it can just sort of like smell desperation, you know. Mm. I mean that sounds a bit harsh, but like, whereas people who do something really original, that's why they get copied because it's a good idea. Um, maybe there is some joy in it as well that just comes through mm. I feel like people are often we are attracted to other people who are authentically themselves exactly and like whatever that is and it comes same thing with art I mean you can't you can't you can't you can copy someone but I don't think it will lead you very far exactly you'll get bored of it as well yeah I'm sure yeah that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say like if you're authentically make keep making things that you want to i think there's no reason why people would be interested in that because it's always new and it's like it's it's fresh from your brain no one else can see it only it's your thing that makes sense um what about your next plans can you share us some yeah what are you working on in terms of your music as well um so music wise um we've just launching a single with the, um, a band I sing in called The Uglies. Um, so that, uh, that's come out on Spotify now. Cool. It came out like last week, but um, we'll, when things are open, we'll do like a single launch. So we like, luckily got like signed and stuff in the last year. Amazing, congratulations. To Fatigue Records, which is really fun. Um, 
also a single is going to come out with Platypus Complex, which is my other band I'm in. Um, also Hackney Wig Bays. Yeah, Hackney Wig Band, <laughs> girl band. Um, but we're not sure when that is. Once again, with uh, music just completely like shut down over the last year. Right. Because no gigs, no money, which was like real shame. No audience. <laughs> yeah, no audience. Um, so that's what's going on music. I'm also like recording a lot of my own stuff which I would really like to release, but I'm kind of working out how to do it right now. Cool. I'm just, rec- I've got a tape recorder, um, just teaching myself how to record music. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I mean, I just really like, like, lo-fi sounds of, like, that's all my favourite music, where it sounds like it's recorded, like, on a potato. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy with it, but I know that it's, like, kind of a niche thing. But, like, that's the thing as well. It's, like, it's where I want it to be, so hopefully people will. I mean, I'd love to put it out, like, through a label maybe, but I just want to record it first. And I like I like the idea of, like, I wrote the songs, I recorded it, I did all the stuff. It's, it's, that sounds fun to me. Um, and then with, like, work, I've got... Hopefully doing a solo show in June, which I'm really excited about. Um, I've been working on all these self-portrait series for... A little while now um and it's kind of just like a intuitive cathartic thing it's Mm. like i'm not i don't i kind of plan them like the day before and then i just do them and i think sometimes they're really good and sometimes sometimes they're not as good and i think oh maybe i wouldn't use this in the show but i don't regret making it like yeah i just made it anyway (laughs) it's not yeah it's it's like this is the other thing i didn't say like with the previous question like just don't don't be critical of yourself not everything you make is going to be the best thing you've ever made which I think when I was younger I had that idea I feel like at school they just say every piece of work needs to be the better than the last which is so not true um so yeah I'm just kind of working on the solo show stuff along with just loads of different commissions and haven't got any big brand things which is quite nice Nice. Yeah, I just wanted to add that I I, I totally um, agree with you with the art school notion of, like, this has to be the best, you know, even how they title things as your major work, as yeah. your final work. Like, final of what? Final major work. <laughs> like, that's what it's called, that's isn't it? That's a bit daunting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up? Um... I think I, I think I just like to say like thank like I'm really thankful for how it's all going and like as I said it it's all kind of happening accidentally and like that's really great um, and surprisingly like I think that is due to like lockdown which has been like obviously really affecting <clears throat> like me everyone it's not it's not a good thing but. Um, yeah, I just, I'm th- happy and thankful that it's going well, basically. That sounds awesome. And where can we find you on social media or elsewhere to find so more about what you do? My website is www.daisytortuga.com. <laughs> and then my Instagram is daisy underscore tortuga. Cool. Nice one. Well, thank you so much for um, kind of, yeah, just sharing this moment with us and uh, yeah, everything. Super grateful. Thanks so much.
If you liked this episode, please review it or share it with a friend.